just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Tell you what, we had some snow yesterday. Yeah, I know, it's April. But that's what happens in April in Minnesota. You get a little cold weather now and again. It's not as cold as January and February, but it's still like 30s and 40s, and that's fucking cold enough. In Minnesota, that's pretty nice. But um, you do get a little bit of snow, too. But in April... You can see some light at the end of the tunnel. It's spring, and you can see the Minnesota summers off in the distance. You know they're coming. You know better days are on the way. And to be perfectly honest with you, summers in Minnesota are beautiful. Fall is pretty good, too, but summer is really nice in Minnesota. Once you get past October, then shit sucks until about May. (laughs) It really sucks when you have a boat, you know? And and, and I've told you this before. I don't have some big elaborate uh, oligarch's uh, yacht. I have a 20-foot pontoon boat. Very simple, very inexpensive. And it's fun to go out on the lake during the summer months. But you really can only use it from May to mid-October. Then after that, it has to go in storage and you don't get to go on the lake at all. And you're probably saying, well, you could, you could... Uh, Ice fish? No, I'm not that guy. I don't like the cold. I'm not that into fishing. And uh, I'm not going to go sit on the ice in the middle of a lake when it's 20 below. That's just not my fucking scene. Anyway, there are uh, two other reasons why I really like April. First of all, my birthday is in April, April 16th. And I tell you that not so much because I give a shit about birthdays. I'm too old for that right now. But on this birthday, I'm going to be 62 years of age. And that kind of freaks me out. You know, when I was a young man, even as I got to be an adult, I never imagined me at 62 degrees. Fuck, I never imagined me at 50. I never thought I was going to die early. I just never could picture myself at that age. And here I am, 62 years old. But that's not even the real reason why I like April. It's because my granddaughter's birthday is April 26, 10 days after mine. Now that's going to be a party. Little girls like that need to have big parties, get great gifts, and all that sort of stuff. So as much as I'm not so much into my birthday, it's going to be a big time for my granddaughter. My grandson, he's in June. Same kind of deal. Birthdays are made for kids And we should do everything we can to make those birthdays memorable. So hopefully, April will be a memorable month for me and hopefully anybody else I'm connected to. But we'll see. But I'm going to be 62. Fuck! People say you don't act 62. I say, God, I hope not. You know, it's funny. I, I see people I went to high school with, and they're the same age as I am. And there are different kinds of people. There are people like me that still kind of think youthfully, at least try to. And then there are some people that have just settled into old age, and they're just old. They're ready to pack it in. And I tell you what, as you're getting older, the one best thing you can do to make yourself feel better, actually two things, try to keep a positive outlook and try to keep yourself active. Don't get to retirement and say, okay, now I'm just going to veg out, because that's a sure way to die early. Keep active. Keep going after something. You always have to be chasing something, whether it be big or small. Have some goals that you want to achieve and go after them. I mean, even if it's walking around the block twice, do that. But make that a passion and make that a goal and go after that goal. The moment you give up on everything and say, I'm just going to sit and watch TV, that's when you're fucked. Fortunately, I don't watch that much TV other than some news now and again. Um, But 
I try to keep active. I try to do some things that are interesting. My wife and I do a lot of traveling, which is something we like. We want to see new places, experience new things, and that keeps us young. And those grandkids, they'll keep you young, too. Anyway, let's get down to uh, what was going on yesterday. A lot of shit was going on yesterday. History was made yesterday when the first black woman was confirmed to the Supreme Court. Katanji Brown Jackson is the first black woman named to the court, the High Court. Justice Jackson will take a seat on the highest court in the land at the end of June. She's not taking over immediately. It'll be the end of June. And that is when sitting Supreme Court Justice Breyer retires. Now, what's interesting about that is uh, Katanji Brown Jackson clerked for Justice Breyer when she was younger, before she was established as a lawyer and a judge and all of that. So it's ironic that she'd be taking his spot, a former clerk. And that is what is happening. Now, needless to say, the Democrats were absolutely jubilant. They were giving a standing ovation when the vote of 53 to 47 came in. They uh, made it bipartisan just by an inch. They got three Republicans to vote for Katanji Brown Jackson. Now, remember, what they needed in this was a uh, uh, simple majority, 51 votes, which they would have gotten without the Republicans. They would have gotten all 50 Democratic votes, and then uh, Kamala Harris would uh, break the tie as vice president and president of the U.S. Senate. So she was going to get it with or without the three Republican votes, but it was nice that they made the effort to do that. What was sad about the whole situation is that many of the butthurt Republicans acted like petulant children. For example, Rand Paul, they took the whole vote. They took roll and they took the vote. But when they got to the last vote, guess who that fucking was? That was Rand Paul. And he was nowhere to be found. He came late to the festivities. Now, whether he did that on purpose or was late because of a plane, who knows? But they had to sit there and wait for him to get there so they could finish the vote. She'd already won with 53 votes because, of course, Rand Paul was going to say no because he's a piece of shit. You know what? I'd like to get to know his neighbor who kicked his ass. I'd like to give him a couple bucks because I would have given anything to see that. Now, Mitch McConnell attended, and it was kind of a weird thing, but there is some criteria when you come into the U.S. Senate, especially for something like this. You're supposed to be attired properly, and I don't even know what the fuck that is. That's why I could never be a senator, because I could never dress like those dipshits. But he came in kind of casual, casual outfit, no tie, and people took it as a sign of disrespect. Now, at the end, when the vote was taken and tallied, and the Democrats and and uh, Mitt Romney, I believe, were all standing and clapping, because this was a historic moment. Never in the history of the Supreme Court was a black woman confirmed to sit on the court. So this was a happy moment. This was a historic moment. And at that moment, all these dumb fuck Republicans just... Well, they just uh, filed out quietly, maybe making some negative comments as they do. And it was a total show of disrespect. And that's what you'd expect from a petulant child, because that's exactly what they were. It was immature and it was disrespectful. Ted Cruz was the most childish, not surprisingly. He was talking some shit, and he walked out as if he had just been, uh, I don't know, (laughs) proved wrong again. But uh, something you may not know about Ted Cruz and Katanji Brown-Jackson. They were classmates. They were the same year in Harvard. So they're roughly the same age. And uh, there was some talk at one time that... uh, Ted Cruz might be a candidate for or a nominee for the Supreme Court as a Republican. 
He was also uh, one of the people who went to the Supreme Court and um, fought when uh, the Bush-Gore thing was going on, took it to the Supreme Court and won there, and he was one of the lawyers there. But I find it interesting to know that Katanji Brown-Jackson and Ted Cruz were in the same class in Harvard. <laughs> which one do you think hung out with the cool kids? And which one was sitting alone at lunch? Fucking Ted Cruz. I can only imagine why he doesn't like Katanji Brown Jackson. I'm sure he's thinking that he would be the first one from his class to be on the Supreme Court. But instead, it is Katanji Brown Jackson, and a black woman no less. Because we know Ted Cruz is a little bit racist, which is weird because he's Hispanic, but he apparently is racist. Fact is, most people who are in the Republican Party are racist. They'll say, well, I'm not racist. All those guys are. Well, you're supporting all those guys, so in fact, you are racist. And uh, Ted Cruz didn't like it. The only other thing I can possibly think of why Ted Cruz didn't like Katanji Brown Jackson, and she, he went after her during the hearings. I can imagine maybe he asked her out to homecoming, <laughs> and she told him to fuck off. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't happen, but God damn it, I wish it did. I wish it had, because Ted Cruz is just one of those guys you don't like. Y'all had him in high school. These guys, for whatever reason, you just didn't like them. They were too wrapped up in themselves. They were too self-centered. They were kiss asses. They were pains in the ass, and you just couldn't stand them. I have to think that Ted Cruz has become accustomed to this sort of thing, because I'm sure if he did ask Katanji Brown Jackson out to homecoming and he got turned down, this couldn't have been a new experience for him. I'm sure Ted Cruz has been turned down by many a women in his life. Of course, he's married. Donald Trump thinks she's ugly. I've seen pictures of her. She's not ugly. I, I, I've got to question her judgment, though, choosing to marry Ted Cruz and then procreate with him. That may show some lack of judgment. I don't know. That's just me. But so anyway, Katanji Brown Jackson is the newest Supreme Court justice who will take to the court at the end of June after Justice Breyer retires. And I know this is killing the Republicans. They fucking hate this. They think, well, they think that she's so liberal and she's and she's uh, easy on child porn, um, child porn suspects, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's just one of the many things they've done or made up to try to own the Democrats. But you notice something lately? Every time, every turn. The Republicans are losing. They're not only racist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, white supremacists. They're also fucking losers. They keep losing. And we're going to talk about uh, Republicans losing, I think, in the next half of this program. It's kind of interesting, their mindset and what's really going on. I don't think they grasp where they're headed. Well, everybody was up in arms when they heard Elvin Bragg, the new DA at the Manhattan District, was backing off prosecuting Donald Trump. You know the story. I've told the story here. We had Cyrus Vance, the DA of the Manhattan District. He was investigating um, the Trump organization. He hired two high-powered lawyers, and they were going great guns until... Um, <clears throat> until uh, um, Cyrus Vance decided to retire at the end of the year. So they had a new election, and Alvin Bragg was voted in as the district attorney. Well, then Alvin Bragg came in, and uh, the two high-powered attorneys said, oh, we're resigning. This guy doesn't seem like he's going to, uh, that he's going to uh, um, go after Donald Trump. And uh, Pomerantz was one of the lawyers said that he believed that Donald Trump committed crimes and he had the evidence. He also said that Cyrus Vance uh, felt the same way. 
So anyway, when uh, Elvin Bragg comes in, um, he says, yeah, well, maybe we won't go after Donald Trump. And everybody's saying, oh, see, I told you nobody's going to be accountable for this shit. And the Republicans were saying, see, nothing happened. They dropped the charges. Well, none of that is true. What people have to understand is that um, prior to Cyrus Vance retiring, they did, in fact, indict the Trump organization, the whole fucking company, and the CFO of the company, Ellen Weisselberg. Now, this is a big deal. You indict a company like the Trump organization, that is almost a death knell. It's very difficult for them to continue because nobody wants to deal with an indicted company. So to suggest nothing's going to happen, well, something already has happened. Now, when this happened, I made a prediction. Eh, It wasn't really a prediction, but I said this. I suppose that Bragg probably decided not to prosecute Trump because he was afraid of Trump and he thought it might uh, stain him for the next election. Of course, Alvin Bragg just got elected, just got into office. What's the first most important thing he has to think about? How do I get reelected? And that's what he was thinking about. And he thought if he went after Donald Trump, that that might... uh, limit the possibilities of him being reelected. And of course, everybody was saying, oh, it's over, it's over, it's over. But then I suggested something else. As much as Elvin Bragg is scared about getting reelected, and that's why he was laying off Donald Trump, now the tide has turned. The uh, public relations disaster has happened. And now he's in a tough situation. Because if he could have just not uh, indicted Donald Trump and just gone in smoothly into the uh, distance, that would have been fine. But he can't do that now because everybody is up in arms and this PR disaster is happening to him. And he may have more trouble by not prosecuting Donald Trump. And I suggested at that point, well, if that's the case and that's who he is, well, He's probably going to change his stance. He can't very well not prosecute Donald Trump if this is going to cost him a lot of heat because he wanted to avoid the heat. Well, yesterday, Elvin uh, Elvin Bragg came out and said that the investigation is still ongoing into Donald Trump and they are looking at new evidence every day. Does that mean he's really doing something? I don't know. He may not be, but the fact of the matter is he realizes the pressure and people are going to have him under a microscope, so he's going to have to do something. I suspect they've already got all the evidence based on what Cyrus Vance and Mark Pomerant said, but maybe he's trying to find some more evidence to feel stronger about winning the case. You see, not only is he afraid of Donald Trump, he's afraid of losing the case. This is the problem with people wanting to prosecute Donald Trump. This is kind of an unprecedented situation. Donald Trump is a former president. Everybody is really worried about prosecuting a former president because it's never really happened before, and if they lose the case, they look stupid, and it's harder for them to get reelected. This is what happens. Now, I'll tell you what also will happen. That first person that decides to prosecute Donald Trump, then people will be standing in line to prosecute Donald Trump. None of these people have fucking courage. Well, I will say Letitia James probably has some courage, because she doesn't seem to mind at all. She's uh, running a civil case in New York against Donald Trump, and um, Donald Trump's not being very cooperative to Letitia James. You'll be surprised by this one. Apparently, Letitia James wants some documents from Donald Trump to uh, aid her in this civil case, but Donald Trump's not turning them over. So she says... Here's a subpoena. You've got to send it to me. So what does Donald Trump do? He takes it to court. He'll take it up the uh, <clears throat> up the flagpole until he can't go any further. And it's more a delay tactic because he's going to fucking lose. But Letitia James isn't one of those folks that you mess with or that you try to delay. So she's going to court and talking to a judge 
about getting Donald Trump uh, charged with contempt of court. And she's suggesting that for every day he doesn't turn over these documents, there should be a $10,000 fine. Well, here's what we know about Donald Trump. Donald Trump will lose the cases. He will have to give up the documents eventually. He has this idea in his mind that he's special and he doesn't have to do what everybody else does, but the courts over and over and over and over again are saying, no, you don't. Turn the shit over. And more and more stuff has been turned over. And this stuff will have to be turned over as well. Now, a judge has to take a look at this and say, okay, he's taking it to court. Do we wait till he goes through the court process? Or does he even have a case? If he doesn't have a case, can we charge him with criminal con- or contempt of court? I don't know that you would call this criminal contempt like the January 6th folks are doing. Um, and can we charge him $10,000 a day? Well, we know that uh, that Alex Jones was in a very same situation, except he wouldn't show up for the deposition. And the judge said, well, if you don't fucking show up, here's the deal. We're going to fine you $25,000 a day. And surprise, surprise, Alex Jones shows up and testifies and turns it into a shit show. Now, as I understand this, I've heard that Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump, have agreed to sit for a deposition, which will be interesting. The moment you get Donald Trump under oath, you got problems. Donald Trump cannot tell the truth. And if you don't tell the truth in court or in a deposition, you got a problem because that's perjury. That is a law. And if you break that law, there are consequences for it. And I'm sure Letitia James is just rubbing her hands together, waiting to get Donald Trump under oath. Now, will he plead the fifth? Well, he might, but that's not going to help him. The evidence is there. He's going to have to turn over to the documents. And apparently, based on what we've heard, and we'll talk more about this, Donald Trump collects documents. He took a bunch from the White House, took it down to Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if he's practicing his coloring or what the fuck he's doing, but that's going to cause him problems in the long run. Anyway, so Elvin Bragg says we're going to continue with the uh, the investigation. The investigation is ongoing, and we'll see what he does, if he does anything at all. But if he doesn't, This man is going to take some heat, and he's going to be hard-pressed to get reelected next time he's up. I don't know how long a district attorney's term is. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's four years. But it's close enough where this guy needs to worry about it, especially especially if he decides not to prosecute Donald Trump, but a bunch of other people do, and he gets convicted, and Elvin Bragg is the only one that didn't prosecute him. Well, he's going to look fucking stupid. And here's the thing. The Manhattan District and Attorney General Letitia James have been working on this deal together. They all have the same amount of evidence. Letitia James has no problem proceeding with this civil case. And granted, civil cases are different than criminal cases. But uh, she seems to have all the courage in the world. She's pushing like hell. It'll be interesting to see if they charge Donald Trump with criminal or contempt of court and if he gets the fines. Then you'll see Donald Trump jumping around a little bit because then he'll start going to his fans and start grifting. Well, they're charging me $25,000 a day. I need your money. You have to wonder when these trump are going to run out of money. I know he has a lot of rich connections, but a lot of these people down south who are the red meat-eating pieces of shit, they don't have a lot of discretionary money. I mean, if they did, they'd be buying fucking uh, ivermectin. (laughs) So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what actually comes out of this uh, because... People were very worried that the Manhattan District wasn't going to prosecute. Here's what you need to understand. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit coming down on Donald Trump. 
We only need one indictment. We only need one prosecution because that's when the wheels come off. And then that's when other people will feel more comfortable about coming down on Donald Trump. So if the Manhattan District doesn't have the balls to do this, don't worry about it. Somebody else will, whether it be Georgia, whether it be the uh, Department of Justice uh, with the insurrection. There's a lot of shit going down. All we need is one thing, one indictment, and Donald Trump is done and fucked. So don't, don't worry about that at all. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, since we're talking about Donald Trump's culpability, this story fits perfectly. Donald Trump has torn up, shredded, burned, eaten, and even stole official White House documents. Among those documents, there's said to be some classified, even top-secret documents. Now, this is a clear violation of the Presidential Records Act. There's no question about it. There is a clear violation there. Trump took 15 boxes of documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago in Florida. The National Archives had to go down and take them back. Now, when the Judiciary Committee uh, was investigating this in the House of Representatives, the Judiciary Committee uh, was investigating it Uh, They went to the National Archives and said, hey, we want to see what's in those 15 boxes. And the National Archives said, well, we can't because the Department of Justice is blocking us releasing these to anybody else but them. Well, that's weird. That's strange. Why would the Department of Justice block the Judiciary Committee from seeing this? Well, now, the only reason they would do that is because they're in the middle of their own investigation of this Presidential Records Act violations and those 15 boxes. If they're already investigating it and looking into it, they don't want to pass along all the evidence to a bunch of people, so they are going to block it. That's even more interesting. We knew that this happened, and we'd wondered if there was going to be anything done about it. Well, clearly, now something is being done. So now that we know that the Department of Justice is, in fact, investigating these violations, that makes it very interesting. The only person that could be in violation of this act is Donald Trump. So it's reasonable to believe that they're also investigating Donald Trump. See what I told you before? Don't worry about the Manhattan District. If it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we've got the DOJ looking at this Presidential Records Act violation by Donald Trump. Now, of course, in the big scheme of things, uh, comparatively speaking, uh, the crimes here with the Presidential Records Act is relatively small. We're talking about sentencing of up to three years, which would be enough for me to put Donald Trump in jail. That'll be enough to kill him. He would never last in jail and fines. And, of course, he's probably tight on money, so he'd have to grift some more to pay those fines. But all we need is one indictment. And the big factor here with this Presidential Records Acts and these crimes committed by Donald Trump, there's one other point in terms of punishment for violating and being convicted of these crimes. And this is the important one. The important one is that if you are convicted of these crimes over and above the jail term, potential jail term, and the fines, if convicted, you are no longer ever to be able to run for elected office again. It would disqualify him from running for president in 2024 or anything else. Fact is, if somebody is committed of this crime while they're in office, they're kicked out of office. So while this wouldn't be the ultimate accountability that we would hope that Donald Trump would get, it's a nice little small piece that would stop him from running in 2024, which would limit his ability to grift. Now there is no possibility of... uh, inferring that he may run for president and trying to collect money on that basis. If we know he can't, then what's he 
going to collect money for. He'll come up with something, and the stupid motherfuckers will continue to send him money. But that's an interesting thing. It's a minor thing compared to all the other things we're seeing that are are hanging over Donald Trump's head. But just by virtue of that one point where he would no longer be able to run for elected office, that would put a lot of people's minds at ease. Now, I've said all along, I don't think he's going to run in 2024. There's a number of reasons for that. I don't think the Republicans want him anywhere near the presidency uh, because he's losing um, foothold on supporters. He's going to have a lot of things exposed about him between now and then. He's just not going to be a good candidate. I don't think Donald Trump will run either because he's thinking he might lose. And a guy like that, last thing he wants to do is fucking lose. So he's not going to run. But if we could just get this conviction and stop him legally from running for president, that would... uh, make it a little easier on some of the folks that I constantly hear about that they're worried about this. Honestly, don't worry about it. He's not going to run. Guarantee you, he's not going to run. But if we could get this thing down, maybe you'd be able to settle down when there was no way possible that he was going to be able to run for president or anything else. You know, it's funny. You keep listening to Republicans, especially in the hearings with Katanji Brown Jackson. These people were hitting real hard on how she's supposed to be real easy on child porn um, trials, which is not true. It's fucking bullshit. It's just one little thing they could hope to grab onto and uh, try to discount Katanji Brown Jackson. Now, this isn't even when she she was uh, recently a judge. This was years ago, but that's all they could find, and they worked real hard with it. But anytime you listen to Fox News or any of these other trump politicians, they're always trying to convince us that it's the Democrats that are pedophiles and we should be wary of them. They'll take down this country. They'll damage and hurt our children. It's funny that they would say that. Former Trump aide, RNC operative, and pro-life activist, Ruben, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this, it's a weird name, Verastaguay, has been sentenced to 12 years in prison for child porn. Now, I did something on TikTok about this, and I didn't say this part because it might be a bridge too far. Um, this guy is known for saying is he's particularly enjoys the abuse of babies. Now, what in the fuck is that? What kind of sick motherfucker is that? Now, they're also saying there are some more Republican staffers coming that will be indicted and prosecuted. But this is a former Trump aide, an RNC operative, and of all things, a pro-life activist. He's worried about abortion, yet he's willing to admit that he's interested in the abuse of fucking babies. Now, let me tell you something. I have a granddaughter who's going to be two. The whole idea of that incenses me. I'm not a violent man. My fighting days are way back. (laughs) I'm not in a position to fight right now. But if there's anything that would push me to that, Tell me you're going to fucking harm a baby or or a small child, a toddler. These kind of people deserve whatever they're going to get. And when this guy goes into jail for 12 years, he better be in segregation because he ain't long for this world if he goes into uh, the general population. Now, it's strange that the Republicans keep pushing the narrative that Democrats are pedophiles when it seems day after day it's Republicans that are catching charges for child porn, child abuse, and child sex trafficking. Hell, Matt Gates is the top of the heap with that ongoing investigation into his activities, and it sounds like they're going to uh, bring down some of his friends in the Republican Party in Florida. We talked about this yesterday. Everybody's saying, when is Matt Gates going to get something? 
At this point, based on his buddy Joel Greenberg getting sentenced finally in May, I suspect between now and then you will see something happen to Matt Gates. Once they've gotten all they can get out of Joel Greenberg, they will take down Matt Gates. But the thing that people aren't paying attention to is that they're not just talking about Matt Gates; they're talking about other Republican politicians in Florida. I can only imagine who that might be. Ron DeSantis, Marco Rubio, or some of these other state fucks? I don't know. I think this is going to be a big mess, and that's why it's taking so long. If it was just about Matt Gates, this would probably be done by now. But I think there are going to be more people involved in this. It won't be so much one guy sexually uh, involved in child sex trafficking. I think they're looking at a ring, and I'm making a guess here, but I don't know why it would take so long if there weren't more, uh, more parts to this whole situation. But for the Republicans to say what they say about the Democrats being pedophiles, this seems to be the essence of projection. These people love doing that. I don't understand that. You know, if they're committing some kind of crime or unethical behavior, instead of trying to hide that and avoid talking about that, they'll bring it to light and try to pin it on somebody else, even though those people aren't doing it. They love to say how Joe Biden is a pedophile. But in his 40, 50 years of being in politics, there's never been one instance where he's ever been accused, sued, prosecuted for anything like that. Nobody said anything like that. But ironically, Donald Trump's a different situation. He's been accused of sexual assault by 23 women. He was involved in a lawsuit with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. This lawsuit involved the rape of a 13-year-old child. Donald Trump's name is on that lawsuit. You have the audacity to try to besmirch Joe Biden's name, calling him a pedophile, yet the only person that has any kind of sexual misbehavior and accusations is fucking Donald Trump. See, that is the essence of of projection. But I have to be honest here, too. The idea that there are sick fucks out there that would abuse women, abuse children, isn't limited to one party. It seems like a lot of Republicans now are doing that. But you will find these six fucks in all kinds of parties, Democrats, Republicans, independents. <clears throat> this isn't really a party issue. This is an immense problem we have in this country by some sick motherfuckers. And these people need to be handled and dealt with swiftly and strongly. It seems there's more of this scourge than we ever imagined. It's kind of like the racism thing. Everybody thought that... um, Racism had gotten better, but it was, in fact, these people feeling safe coming out from under the rocks with Donald Trump in office. And I think something similar to that uh, is the case with uh, sexual abuse of women and children. People are feeling more comfortable with coming out or being more, uh, more public with it. And because they're more public with it, now they're projecting it and trying to... Uh, um, Pin it on other people, on the Democrats. You know, it's funny. I'm going to tell you a story here. I'm not going to tell you who it is. It's a family member. Not by blood. Not a blood family member. I'm not connected by blood in any way to this human being. I don't talk to this person. And I don't deal with this person. I wouldn't for the life of me. And let's be honest. They're fucking Trumplifox. And that's one of the reasons why I won't talk to them. But many years ago, I got a call one day from this person, and this person said to me, uh, look, man, I want to tell you something that's going to show up in the news, and I want you to hear it from me before it comes to you by way of the news. I said, okay, what do you got? And he said, well, I have a brother who was just picked up for child molestation. 
And this guy was a serious motherfucking child molester. I mean, he and his buddies would go up to Canada, pick up the indigenous girls and bring them back and whatever. It was, it was a fucking mess. And this guy is telling me about this. And he's upset, clearly. And um, he goes, what, what do you think you'd do with that? My wife is sitting next to me. I'm in the car. And I said, do you really want to know what, um, what I would do with that situation? What I think should happen to your brother? He said, yeah, by all means, tell me. I said, they should put that motherfucker on his knees, put a gun to the back of his head, and execute him like the fucking criminal he is. <laughs> well, this relative, this distant relative, didn't take that too well. They thought I was being insensitive. Well, let me tell you something. Child abusers ruin the lives of multiple children in their lifetime. Sometimes 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100, 200. And how do you quantify uh, what the uh, punishment should be for something like this? Maybe you didn't even kill them, but you ruined their lives. And you want me to feel sorry for you. Sorry, I don't. As far as I know, they can't be rehabilitated. And maybe I've got a skewed vision about this. But this is the one thing that takes me just too far. Then after that... Uh, while he'd been in jail for a long time, he was talking to me and he said, boy, they really mistreat him in prison. <laughs> what the fuck do you think they're supposed to do in prison? What is this, a fucking holiday in? He says, I'm really, really upset with uh, the state of Minnesota and how they handle prisoners. He's got diabetes and he's not getting his pills. Fuck him. He's lucky he's still alive. Well, not too long ago, this fuck fucktard got out of jail and I don't know where he is what he's doing but I got to tell you if I see him and he's anywhere near children I can't I can't be held responsible for what I may do because that is ridiculous that should not be happening and if you it's like the Republicans you know they say well I'm not a racist but uh, all the other Republicans are well you support them so fuck you I'm going to lump you in with them. Same thing here. And I told him this. I said, look, my brother, he's a year younger than I am. We're very close. I love my brother. But if I found out he was a, a abuser of children, that would be fucking it. There would be no going back from that. As far as I'm concerned, I would want to do the same thing to him as uh, I suggested this guy do to his brother. And I'll be honest with you. If the tables were turned and my brother found out something about me like that, he'd want to do the same thing, and he'd be fucking justified to do it. All right, enough talk about that. I got an email from uh, Bill. I don't know where he's from, but he gave me a link of uh, a story, and it was a good story. He actually gave me a link to a previous story that I had in the show. I'd already had it, but I appreciate the the effort he made to get it to me. It took a little over a year to get access to the contents of Proud Boy leader Enrique Tario's cell phone. Apparently, it was about red tape and not so much technology. But once they got into the phone, they had verification of Tario's central involvement in the insurrection. He talked about uh, storming the Capitol and making the House of Representatives the main target. So he was in this. This involved six Proud Boys, including Tario. They are charged with conspiracy, uh, conspiring to obstruct Congress in its certification of Joe Biden's presidency. They are all currently being held without bail. Now, lawyers from the Six Proud Boys want their trial date of May 18th delayed. Of course, they fucking do. And want them released in the interim. Yeah, that's not going to fucking happen. You try to uh, overthrow a government and you want to be free and just waiting for your trial. Sorry, that's not going to fucking happen. Now, here's the interesting thing. Why it was so hard to get a hold of Terrio's phone? Because, you see... Enrique Terrio 
was not at the Capitol on January 6th. Not that he didn't want to be there, but he couldn't be there. And the reason he couldn't be there was because he was in fucking jail. Apparently, he had burned a Black Lives Matter flag outside a D.C. church on December 12th. Then the local police caught up with him. He admitted to it. Uh, They caught up with him on January 4th, and they put him in jail two days before the insurrection. So that's where the problem was. He had a phone. The police department, the police officers confiscated the phone, and they had it in their evidence file and all that sort of stuff. And then the feds come along and say, we want to see that phone. Well, because he wasn't at the insurrection on January 6th, it was hard to get the uh, approval to look into that phone. But they fought for it, and they fought for it, and they fought for it, and they finally got it. And then they saw how he was part and parcel to this whole fucking insurrection. He was the leader of the Proud Boys, and the Proud Boys were in the thick of it with the Oath Keepers as far as trying to overthrow our government. So that is why it was difficult getting access to his phone. Terrio's in jail without bond. Uh, so are six of his buddies. Uh, there are probably 60 proud boys in jail right now for this whole situation. You know, that's the interesting thing when people say the DOJ is not doing anything. They indicted 750 or so Uh, people that were on the grounds January 6th that were part of the physical insurrection. The DOJ just doesn't have enough lawyers to handle it all. That's why it takes a while, and that's why uh, Merrick Garland hired 130 more lawyers. He's got more more, uh, cases than he's got lawyers. All right, we're going to uh, talk about this last thing, and and it's just kind of a, a general thing. I'm hearing this all the time, and I love, I kind of laugh to myself when I hear this. You got Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell. They keep talking about what they're going to do when they get the majority back in 2023. We'd never let a judge like this get uh, uh, confirmed for the Supreme Court, uh, somebody like Katanji Brown-Jackson, even though Lindsey Graham had confirmed her before for another position. They didn't like her. And you just wait until we get the power back in 2023 from the 2022 midterms. And I have to think, that's a little presumptuous in my mind. I know the common thought is, come 2022, the way it always goes, the Republicans are going to win. And I've explained this before. But when you look at the details of what's been going on since Joe Biden's been in office, you got to wonder, where are they getting this from? It can only be history because the facts, the logistics of them winning in 2022 are limiting. I mean, you're talking about a group of people, the Republicans, who are alienating women. 51% of this country, they are alienating women with these anti-abortion bullshit laws in all these states and the prospect of overturning Roe v. Wade. Let me tell you something. If they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they do it before the midterms, they are fucked. Can you imagine how women are going to respond, 51% of this country, how they are going to respond for the first time when the Republicans have taken away a constitutional right? They aren't going to be fucking happy about that. Now, you want their votes? Well, that's not the way to do it. Or how about their alienating people of color? with all the voter suppression and trying to erase their history, slavery, and the like. You think those people of color are going to vote Republican? Jesus. And then there are um, alienating LGBTQ people by basically trying to outlaw anything having to do with LGBTQ and actually going after people, parents that have transgender children and that sort of shit. Now, when you're doing all that stuff, impacting that many people, how do you think you're going to win a fucking election? I mean, how many old white men that are racist, misogynistic, and anti-Semites do you think there are? There aren't enough. You're going to have to embrace some of these people, especially women, for Christ's sake. You have a tough enough time getting women's votes, but now you're going to take away their 
constitutional rights and you think they're going to say, yeah, I'm with you. Now, I know there are some of these Trump LaFuck women that will get on board. Yeah, I'm against abortion. Like the guy in the previous story, the child molester and how he enjoyed uh, uh, the abuse of babies. But he's also a pro, uh, pro-life pro activist. Got to save the babies. What, so you can fucking abuse them when they're born, you piece of shit? Fuck. These people, the Republicans, I have to honestly say, they are some despicable people. They are the scourge of the earth. And uh, I get it all the time on TikTok. Well, not all Republicans are that way. Yes, they fucking are. Because even if they don't have that kind of behavior, the fact that they support that behavior, they're just as fucking guilty. If you support misbehavior, unethical behavior, illegal behavior, then you are an accessory after the fact, and you're just as fucking guilty. So Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, don't get too cocky. Don't keep trying to tell us all the things you're going to do when you have power because I'm not so sure you're going to have power. If this is the way you run a campaign, and then <laughs> you throw all that shit in there that I talked about with the LGBTQ, the, uh, the people of color, women, and you alienate them. And then you have some fucking clown come out and say, i got an 11-point plan, and one of the parts of the plan is we're going to raise everybody's taxes. Jesus. I mean, if you were going to show somebody how not to win elections, that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. So where they get off thinking they're going to win because historically that's the way it goes. I beg to differ with all those things. And then you talk about all the crimes and uh, corruption that's going to come out between now and November. You Republicans are fucked. I mean, you're really fucked. And the way it's going to be coming out bit by bit all the way through November, nobody's going to forget. You're not going to be able to gaslight people because it will be in your face on your television every fucking day. So Republicans, don't get so cocky about November. I'm not seeing good things for you in November. And when you get beat and the Democrats get or maintain the majority in the House, maybe build on that. Main the, maintain the majority in the Senate, guess what's going to happen? Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to do whatever the fuck they want for two years, and you're going to have to suck on it. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you very much for spending time with me. I'm hoping that uh, tomorrow we can, uh, or maybe today, actually, maybe today, possibly tomorrow, that uh, I can do a show with Ed Jones and remember what we're going to do. I'm not going to replace a Rational Boomer podcast with the Ed Jones shows. They'll just be additional. There'll be more shit to listen to. Anyway, if you have questions, comments, complaints, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, leave a voicemail. You know I love hearing from you, so by all means, reach out. Have yourself a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow or before. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.